Welcome to the College Parent Podcast. My name is Catherine McCann. And my name is Zachary Short. And we want to thank you for joining us. On today's episode, we will be interviewing Suzanne Reinhardt, Assistant Director of Counseling Services at Belmont University, and Heather Doherty, University Minister at Belmont University, as we discuss family issues and grief in college. Let's go ahead and dive in. Welcome, Suzanne and Heather, to the College Parent Podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're happy to be here. All right, so let's jump into the questions. First one, um, when working with college students, how do family issues and grief play a role in the well-being of students? Generally, I think just um, as a reminder to all of us that grief really covers all of the dimensions of wellness, really. And it also can be unique for people, right? So how their grief manifests, it's personal and unique. So for some folks, it can really affect the way they, you know, sleeping a lot or not sleeping at all. It can affect appetite. It can affect how social they want to be or don't want to be. So just it, it really can color everything in a student's life. And and that's actually a normal part of grief to an extent. I would also say that one of the things that is challenging about this particularly in the area of well-being is that one of the things that we know is that grief doesn't make sense and isn't orderly and so Mm -hmm. a student may feel like I'm doing just fine or I'm dealing with and then suddenly it hits them when they're in the middle of a class or they're hanging out with friends or and so and they don't know what to do with that because they thought oh I've dealt with this like shouldn't I be on to something else and something different and so I think one of the things I find myself often reminding students who have had loss who are experiencing grief is that there are going to be times that are difficult when you least expect it Mm -hmm. and things that something happens and you wanted to tell your parent or your grandparent or that is there and they're not there and so suddenly something that's really joyous can become difficult in a way that you hadn't anticipated. The next question that we have for you is, how does one bring up the difficult question or conversation about family issues and death without causing more trauma? Mm, it's a really great question. One of the things that I would say, and this actually has to do with a lot of difficult topics, not just around um, family issues, or de- is that we often think that when we bring something up, that that will be the first time that a student has thought about it, or that we're bringing up something that they then have to figure out what to deal with whereas sometimes us bringing up up things offers an opportunity for them to process some things or talk about things that maybe they've wanted to talk about but don't know how to and I think that that asking questions or bringing up difficult conversations says to your student that you're an okay place to talk about it, that they don't have to hide what they're feeling from you, that they don't have to pretend like everything is okay, but that you are opening the door for them to maybe ask for the help that they need or to talk about things that they need to process, and that's really important. Yeah. And, uh, yes, I echo all of those things that Heather just said, and also just a reminder to parents that when you open the door to those conversations – it's also it's appropriate and also okay like you haven't done anything wrong if your student doesn't want to talk about it at that time or um, if they don't want to talk about it um, to you that's the other thing is like just encouraging your student you may not want to talk to me or you may not want to talk now just talk to somebody help let me help you find somebody if you do want to talk about um, something that might be difficult or you know if they've lost someone close to them but 
again, knowing that you're a safe place can just be a great base for your student and then you can be ready if they do want to have that conversation, whether it be in the present moment or in the future. So what are some ways that parents can guide their student from afar during difficult times? Uh, so one resource for parents that exists on the Belmont website is AskBU. And AskBU is a project that we did a couple of years ago, years ago. Um, but that continues to be updated. That is any question that a student might have or might be dealing with, that there is a place that it gives resources. So who can I talk to about this and what does it look like? Sometimes parents don't know uh, the right offices mm -hmm. or they may think that maybe something like this exists at Belmont, but I don't know what it's called or where it is. And on AskBU, it actually has every office's name, contact number. I think it has pictures of their front doors uh, so that parents could help students find those resources. One of the things that those of us who are resources for students often struggle to remember is that when students and parents come to orientation or when they do a tour that they're given so much information and they don't remember like we're of course you should remember that counseling services is available or that you can but they've just taken in a day or two of an incredible amount of information in a really stressful and emotional time for everyone um, and so recognizing that recognizing that we put information on the website so that it's accessible to students and parents. And so it could be something that you're on the phone with your student and you're like, okay, pull up this website. Let me show you what this mm -hmm. is as they're doing that. And so being able to know what resources exist mm -hmm. at Belmont and people to call. Um, and a great place to start, I think, and Suzanne can say more about this, is our Student Care and Concern Office, yes. because they are really a clearinghouse mm -hmm. for help of all kinds. So residence life, counseling, university ministries, academics, disability, everything. Um, and they know the people and are connected in such a way that they can help students yeah. get what they need. And so knowing a place to send students and those of us who receive students into our offices also know resources that are on campus. So encouraging students to, to access the resources that are available to them yes. on campus. Yes, just reminding them that it's A, it's okay to reach out for help, it's okay that they're struggling. We all struggle in life. It's part of our life journey. And then, yeah, pointing them to that one central place, which I think is the perfect place, the Office of Student Care and Concern, whether that's through ASPU or calling the office, um, and then they can help get them the resources they need for their particular situation. I will also say that sometimes parents aren't sure how to talk with a student about it, but think that their student might need help and that the Office of Student Concerns, actually a parent can submit a student concern and can say in that student concern, it's on the website, anyone can submit mm -hmm. a student concern through there and say, please do this anonymously. And so we have all kinds of uh, resources that we can reach out to students without ever saying, mom and dad told us that we should do this. So to send an RA or an RD to do a well, maybe not an official well check, but just to check in, hey, I've been thinking about you. How mm -hmm. are you doing? Mm -hmm. um, what's going on? Or through, um, through academic advisors and professors. Mm -hmm. And so there are a lot of avenues that doesn't have to be, hey, mom and dad told me that you were having trouble. Could we talk about that? But ways that it's a little more clandestine and you can help the student without feeling like you're being overbearing.
I know that when we're at school, like all the students have all these great resources such as counseling services or university ministries, but when students go home, what is some ways that parents can be a resource to their student when they don't have all of this readily available to mm. them? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think the first thing that I would encourage parents to keep in mind is that college students are at the developmental point of really differentiating from their families. So it is appropriate and normal that they're not going to maybe come to you with everything that they're struggling with. Um, that is an important kind of piece of their developmental journey. But if you, if we as parents can um, be just that again, be that open place, like, hey, if you ever want to talk to me, particularly if you know something's gone on in your student's life that might be difficult, you know, I'm open to talk um, so that you're an open place, you know, that you're a non-judgmental place or, or you don't have to talk to me. You know, that's a great thing to say. You do not have to talk to me. Let me help you get connected. You know, the counselors in, in your city or community groups. Um, at Counseling Services, we often will help a student try to find a community-based counselor. It's a little bit more difficult when they're far away, but we certainly know websites and resources that might be able to help with that. Um, so I think reminding your student that it's okay to ask for help, that's the one takeaway. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to ask for help. Let's see what supports that we might be able to find for you. And so if you can be willing to kind of like, hey, I, I can help you find something, and you don't even have to give me all the details, you know, it's just important to, to reach out. I think that is a great, um, a great way to start. And um, it's, you, I think you'll be surprised at a lot of times students might circle back, your child might circle back to you weeks or months later, and they remember, and it's like, when they're ready to talk, parents be ready to listen, you know, <laughs> you never know, it's, you know, it might be when you're driving in the car, or you know, right after dinner, and you're like, oh, wow, we're going to talk about this now, but that's like such a great opportunity. It's like, just be ready, because um, it, it's, it seems to come at surprising times, so, yeah. I would also say, and Suzanne, I'm going to need a little bit of fact-checking mm -hmm. here, but uh, that one of the gifts, maybe one of the few gifts, but that COVID has given us is that before, when our students went home, we were kind of done with them until they came back again. We just didn't have a lot of online resources, but I know that both university ministries and counseling services is able and has built up our capacity to provide resources for students when they're not here. So for example, even now, if you were to go to the request pastoral care, it says, do you want to talk on the phone, meet via Zoom, or meet in person? And mm -hmm. every day I have students that do all three of those things. And so that's something that they can access at home and they can, we can call yeah. them, we can talk to them via Zoom. It's a little bit different for counseling services, but I think there are two resources. Yes, it's a good, it's a little different from, but we do have resources. I'm so glad you brought that up. Timely Care is a resource that students can use when they're home over the summer. It doesn't matter what state they go home to. Um, the, the Timely Care has clinicians that are licensed in all states and can talk to students, um, you know, at regular sessions while they're 24 home. 24 hours a day. 20, they also have talk now that is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and then there's also a scheduled counseling option, and they're all free for students. All the options on Timely Care are free. So and that's what about TAU? Can students get TAU from Students, them? yes. So TAU is a self 
help resource that Belmont offers and every student has access to their TAO account. It's also on our counseling website if they need the link, <laughs> but it's all self-help, confidential self-help resources for with a variety of mental health issues. So those are two options that are available regardless of where your student is located when they're not on campus. How can you encourage your student to seek help when a traumatic event like a death occurs? I think that a lot of the questions that we've already answered kind of touch on this. Um, But one of the things that I would say is to normalize what they're experiencing. So in many realms, but I think especially when a student has experienced something traumatic, they think that they're the only ones and that they can't share that with other people, that there's something the matter with them because they're feeling whatever it is that they're feeling. And I think normalizing that. One of the things I find myself saying to students who have experienced some kind of trauma or particularly experienced death is whatever you're feeling, it's okay. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling weird because you want to be sad but can't cry that's okay Mm -hmm. if you can't get out of bed today or it's difficult for you to make it to class or to focus or Mm -hmm. like that's okay all of and so kind of normalizing Mm -hmm. um their experience and helping them to see the ways that uh, that when they talk to someone about what they're experiencing, it's not going to be surprising to someone or that the person that they're sharing that with would be overwhelmed. I'm not, I'm not sure the right way to say that, but to say that whatever they're feeling and they're experiencing, when they have the opportunity to talk with someone about that, that those people are there and ready to listen. And even on a, um, a very practical level, I think when a student has experienced something traumatic, just asking asking your student, what do you feel like you need? What feels supportive to you right now? It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to have any sort of clinical or it's not necessarily going to be professional help. It might be, I just need to sleep for a while or, you know, I don't know, you know, I need, I need to go talk to some friends, whatever it might be, and kind of encouraging them that whatever they're feeling like would be supportive is a great thing to try and do. Um, and particularly if they're saying, I don't want to go talk to anybody, I don't want to go talk to a counselor right now, that's totally fine too. Um, I always tell folks, look, if, if it's been over a month, and you're still really struggling, like you can't do normal day-to-day activities, that's a great time to think about seeking professional help in one form or another. But the, f- the first month after something, you know, really traumatic happening, it's it takes a while to adjust, and it's, it's normal to um, be off your normal, regular routine and just trying to think every day, what do I need today that would feel supportive to me, and then moving towards that. One of the things I was thinking about as I was getting ready for today, walking over to record this, is that for many students, when they experience some sort of trauma or a death, it may be the first time that they will have experienced that. Uh, that, And they're, they're experiencing that away from home and kind of the comforts and supports that they have. So they may not have the muscles yet. Mm-hmm. I think we all have to, when we experience a loss or a trauma, have to build up those muscles, but they may not have the muscles yet to know mm-hmm. what to do. And so mm-hmm. there are ways in which your student may need to be reminded to do ordinary things. Yes. Like, have you eaten today? Yes. Have you taken a shower? And I won't yeah. say daily, everyone doesn't need to take a daily <laughs> shower, but you know, have you taken yeah. a shower lately? Yeah. Yeah. Have you, and 
And we may think that that feels really elementary, but mm-hmm. I think when we're experiencing grief and trauma, like we don't think about doing those things until basics. someone reminds us. Right, right. And also, you know, I've worked with students who like feel like really, like oh, I feel like I shouldn't go out with or be with friends because I should be so sad right now. And so also normalizing, no, that's like really important. If being with your friends and you know, going to dinner or whatever, going for a walk is going to feel good to you right now. That's Im- that's important. That again, grief is more like a river. It's not stationary. It's very fluid, and it's important. It's important to support yourself. I know that we've talked a little bit about how different people are going to take grief in different ways, and how you just have to be ready for it. Um, so what are some ways that we can encourage students to feel their emotions and care for themselves uh, when they're dealing with grief or something like a mm-hmm. One of the things that I will often encourage people to do when they, um, I feel like, are either currently experiencing really big emotions or are likely to is just, do you have a journal? Right, and you don't have to write in it every day, but it's it's so important. If you particularly if you don't feel like it's something you want to talk to anybody about, can you do? Can you externalize what all the feelings that are going on? You know, so journaling, even if you choose to tear it up after you write it, that's fine. But it, um, it's a very therapeutic way to externalize what's happening internally. But then also. Um, exercise is good for big feelings you know um and it doesn't necessarily change them but i think it's an important way of processing there that you know it can be really helpful to can you just get outside and go for a walk not trying to just know also encouraging your student just to notice what you're feeling all feelings are appropriate feelings aren't bad or good there can be really hard, but noticing without the judgment of, uh, I shouldn't feel this way or I don't want to feel this way because that can also make it worse, I think, really. It's like um, if they can name their feelings and if they can talk to anybody about how they feel, that often helps. We know that helps. Would this be, and the answer could be no, and I can say some other things, but yeah. a good point to talk about stress like closing this is that what it's called it's yeah completing your stress completing cycle your stress cycle yeah yeah <laughs> yes yes there's a whole um i like listen to suzanne's <laughs> therapeutic things and i'm like suzanne i think this is <laughs> so yeah so there are all sorts of when you when we're thinking about um big feelings and the amount of stress that that also can create in our bodies and there are lots of different ways to what we call complete your stress cycle which um yeah, it could be a whole nother podcast, but <laughs> but like laughter is a way to complete your very therapeutic and also helpful and 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 so it's not about ignoring what's going on, but also what's something that I can do that might feel supportive. Exercise is one of those. Um, a thirty second hug is a great is known to be a way to complete your stress cycle. Crying, just crying, is helpful. We know that it's a helpful part of the process of grieving or any big feeling. Um, uh, now I'm gonna, now breathing, to be breathing, taking centered breaths, or, and, and you know, folks at Counseling Services can recommend you know if your student wants to learn more about any of these things. Physical activity, creating is another important one. So whether that be like I mentioned, writing, but painting, drawing, just and it doesn't even have to have anything to do with the event or what's going on, but just the act of creating we know is therapeutic. So those are some. Some things that, you know, parents could 
encourage their child just to try, just try it and see if it, if it helps you feel better. I think, too, not having expectations about what your student's grief should look like. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, oftentimes when a student loses someone, their family also has lost mm-hmm. someone, and recognizing that we're all going to process that differently mm-hmm. because we have different relationships mm-hmm. with a person that has been, we have different mm-hmm. ways that they've been a part of our lives. Some relationships are more complex than others. Mm-hmm. Some, some are more positive than others. Uh, and so, again, grief is not, uh, you know, systematic. Mm-hmm. And so we experience it. I was talking with someone recently and they're like, you know, I feel like I should be doing better. And I was like, it's been three weeks and they thought that I was saying it's been three weeks you should be over it and I was like no 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 like it's only been three weeks and and giving yourself space to feel the things that you're feeling again Mm -hmm. Suzanne you said there aren't bad feelings right like how are we going to respond to the feelings that we have and so whatever you're feeling that's fine there's nothing that's if you don't feel sad, like you don't have to be sad that you don't feel sad. Right. There, you right. know, right. Um, we all experience those things in different ways. And there may be later a time where you feel a deep sadness, but it may not be in that moment. Right. I had someone recently was like, I just want to cry, but I can't figure out how to do that. I was like, what if you watch a movie that makes you cry yeah. or something that way? And then it gives you the ability to to get that emotion out and that thing that you want to do that you haven't mm-hmm. been able to figure out. So I don't know. It's just an idea mm-hmm. that I had of, are there other ways that mm-hmm. you could process And that? also as parents, I think it can be really helpful to share your own experience. Um, if you have, oh, this is what helped, you know, particularly if it's a situation that, you know, you're not touched in the same way by whatever the event or the grief is, um, the loss, but you can share in the past, we all have had experiences, you know, once when we've lived long enough, we've had experiences with grief. And I think your child, your student is going to be really, um, that can be really helpful to hear from a parent really honestly, like, not that they have to do it the same way, but like, hey, look, you know, this is what happened um, for me in a particular situation. It's a, it's a touch point that can actually really help grow your own relationship and that can be really helpful for, for your student to hear. This is not the topic of this podcast. This is adjacent to the topic of this podcast. So again, maybe a whole nother mm-hmm. podcast, but thinking about grief that is not related to death, yes. uh, that yeah. your student is probably going to experience loss mm-hmm. of dreams like I thought I was going to be a music business major and sign a record deal and you know and that doesn't happen and how do you Mm -hmm. help them experience Mm -hmm. the grief of that or the break of a of a relationship uh the not having your college experience be what you thought it was going to be like all of those are things that cause grief grief. Mm -hmm. um and so these things can be really helpful not just for when there's a traumatic event or someone dies but uh, other things that they might be grieving Mm -hmm. and giving students the space to talk about that and not i think as parents we experience our students disappointments as our own disappointment and sometimes we have dreams for our student and when that doesn't happen we're like oh like that was maybe my dream too and recognizing the grief that's involved with that right yes yeah I think that's a really important point and just uh life is gonna have struggle and grief that's part of it and walking alongside your student but also letting them sort of 
drive the bus of how they're going to best feel supported and how much they want to share or not share. All right, final question. So what kind of support can colleges offer to students that are grieving um, that students may not even realize are there? Hmm. So this kind of goes back to that the ASPU, right? Um, that students just may, they've heard or, or we think that they've heard all about all the different services, resources available on campus. And, you know, of course they don't remember. So they might need reminding. And if you don't remember, you can check out ASPU, the Office of Student Care and Concern for us at Belmont. Um, there are also community groups sometimes, depending on the situation. Um, I know at Counseling Services, we will offer resources and referral to things in the community that we might feel like be beneficial to the student if it's appropriate. So um, if they can just start somewhere, you know, to, with a, a helper on campus somewhere who might get them to another place who, you know, they can figure out, um, oh, this is going to be helpful. But it, it's a little hard to say. It's not quite so linear. It's like grief. It's not really linear. It's very individual. And I know that... When we talk to students, it's really, what do you feel like is going to be helpful for you right now um, with what you're feeling and how it's manifesting in your life, you know, and kind of working with them together to come up with a plan? What, how would I would also think about things that, well, one that's more traditional, but you talked about exercise. Like, mm -hmm. what about FitRec as a resource to help yeah. you? Like, yeah. could you go to a class today that mm -hmm. they're offering in fitness and recreation? And they offer them, like, all day long, every day mm -hmm. of the week. Mm -hmm. Even on Sundays, I think they offer. And so, and often I know that counseling services will write, like, prescriptions and quotes yes. but to go and work out like that's a thing and yeah. so fitness and recreation I also think Suzanne one of the things that you guys offer people most often think about counseling as the 50 minute one-on-one -on -one session but the groups that you do so yeah. there are drop-in groups that happen mm -hmm. on campus the counseling so Suzanne can say more about that yeah. or walk and talk as well that I think is a great mm -hmm. resource that's mm -hmm. not I'm going to go sit down and talk to a counselor so do you want to say it yeah, yeah. So, we, and we also do, um, we do have groups right now um, starting on campus. So if you think or if your student is really struggling, you know, they can check. There's a groups page on our website, but we have a self-compassion group that's running right now. We have um, open support groups. That's what Heather mentioned, where students can just drop in. They can come once or they can come every week just to talk about things that are going on with them and get support from clinicians, but also other students. Because I think when we can connect with people when we're struggling, it's sometimes really hard to think about how to do that. But when we do it, we feel a sense of relief and connection and real-time support. Um, and we have done grief groups in the past. That is, so that's always, um, if we have a number of students who are struggling around grief particularly, we will, we can start a group, you know, pretty quickly. So that, that's uh, often an option. And we, if, a, if your student has never been to counseling, isn't really sure, every Wednesday we're at It Must Be Wednesday, uh, and we offer just, let's talk. It's just an opportunity to have a very, um, casual conversation. What's it like to talk to a clinician? It doesn't have to be about anything deep. It can just, you know, 
I just have a few questions or, you know, how do I sign up for counseling? But it just gives them a sense, a face to connect to, a name, a person, and then that might be a step on their journey. It's like, oh, they seem like an okay place to go. Maybe now I'll go to counseling. We offer walk-in services also for students who are feel like they may be in crisis or, you know, I need to talk to somebody today um, and I don't want to wait till next week or, you know, the next appointment. Um, we always have a, a clinician available for walk-in services Monday through Friday, 8 to 4.30. That's always available. When you talked about it must be Wednesday and kind of a really mm-hmm. informal, I was thinking about, before you said that, uh, showing up in the places where the helpers are, which sounds really weird, but there mm-hmm. are events that are happening all the time. So, yeah. Catherine, we were talking about, like, events in the dorm lobby where there are RAs and RDs that serve as resources. And it's not that you're going specifically to ask for help, but the helpers are there and you can have an informal conversation with them. I think about chapel is it happens every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. There are a hundred students that come every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So it's not like I'm going and I'm going to get help. But I would say two of the three days out of the week, there's a student that comes up and talks to one of our pastoral staff afterwards. They may not ever show up in our office in the Gabhart building, but they're in a place where they are anyway, and let me begin this conversation. And so even if it's overwhelming to think about going and sitting down and having a conversation in someone's office, can I show up where the helpers are? And that's engaging with other resources and other students on campus. And I will also say that all of us, like all of us here uh, on this podcast and all of the helpers, we're all trained to be looking for that, right? So when I'm in a room talking, I see, you can't always see it, but you can often see, I think there's something like Catherine, Catherine, uh, Suzanne and I have had, we'll be in the same room at an event and I'll be like, Suzanne, could you go check in with that? And we talk, like, could you like look at that student? I feel like I'm feeling something. I need to talk. That's yeah. our training. Yeah. And so we're all on the lookout for students yes. who may be there looking yes. for the helpers. Yes. So. We've covered a lot of great information today uh, around family issues and grief in college. And so as we wrap up this episode, I just want to thank Heather and Suzanne for being our guests on our podcast today. If you'd like to learn more, please check out more The College Parent Podcast episodes on Apple Music and Spotify. Have a great day and see you next time.